And I started hearing, too, about like kind of the, the main thing of consumerism is what's in it for me? That's the main question. No longer do people ask, like, how can I contribute or what can I be a part of, but what's in it for me? That's the central question of consumerism. And we talked some, we listened to Romans chapter 12, as Paul encouraged the Romans there to let your life be a living sacrifice. And we began to talk about how sacrifice is a cure for consumerism. Well, last week we continued on and we started talking too about individualism. About this idea that my freedom is above everything else. And if people start to impinge on my freedom or they start to crowd my freedom, then I don't want them in my life. We started talking about how there's more and more this pressure for us to be independent. And it used to be that people would depend on each other. It used to be that people, we had a picture, I don't know if you remember, of the guys sitting on the barn. They just raised the barn together. You know, at its worst, people relied on each other or they helped each other because they knew they might need help. But today it's flipped around where it's almost the opposite, where people don't want to help. They don't want to receive help from people because they don't want to be responsible to help them back. We've become so independent that we've almost become isolated. I hear people even around us who talk about they're so alone. They don't want to be a part of anything. They don't want any responsibility for anything. They, they've moved here on purpose because they don't want to be a part of anything. They don't want anybody uh, pressuring their lives to make them do anything they don't want to do. And they say, man, I'm so alone. I'm so alone. And we listen as Paul spoke the words to the Romans. He says, in chapter, two, sorry, chapter 12, that same chapter where he reminds the Romans that because you are followers of Jesus, because you are part of this family, you belong to one another. He actually used that word that you belong to one another. How different is that from the culture we live in? The culture we live in says, well, first of all, you don't belong to me because I don't want responsibility for you and I know that I certainly don't belong to anyone else. Paul says you belong to one another. He talks about this cure, that community is this cure for individualism. Well, this week I've been continuing to read Romans, Romans chapter 12, and this other part of our culture that's so prevalent is materialism. And I, I, I typed it into uh, to, um, Google, and the first thing that comes up is materialism, this, this definition, it's not like an official definition, but just says this exchange where we put... We make material things, we put them above spiritual matters. We start putting stuff above everything else. I know there's lots of definitions for materialism. Materialism is this huge concept. But today we're going to focus in on this part specifically. Where we start saying stuff, my life revolves around stuff. thing is we're bombarded by this everywhere we go where this message keeps hitting us life is all about the stuff you have life is all about how big your stuff is life is all about how much stuff you have or how new it is or how much better it is than your old stuff i mean how many times do you hear have any of us experienced this where you you hear this, I, I've wanted this house for so long, and then you get that house, and then a few weeks later, maybe a few months later, you start thinking, you know, this house would be a little bit better with this. Or, man, this house is great, but I wish it had that. Even I do that. I... <laughs> this idea that we start to put stuff, our possessions, become the center of our lives, even over Jesus. This is the problem we're talking about with materialism. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody experienced this at all before? Does it seem wrong to anyone? Does it seem a little bit off at all? Do you ever think to yourself, like, this sounds like idolatry? Am I the only one who wrestles with this, constantly thinking this message, like, you know, my life depends on how much stuff I have? Or catching myself, am I the only one who fails at this, catching myself thinking that if I had this, then I would be successful? I've been reading, like I said, I've been reading Romans. I've been, I've been in this passage for a couple weeks now. And we've been reading Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 8. But this morning we're going to be reading verses 9 to 13. And I'd ask this time that you would read it just on the sheet here, unless you have a New American Standard Version. Uh, so I, I actually chose the NASB for a particular reason, because in the Greek, Paul gives this really short, brief, quick-hitting list of things. And in the NIV, they kind of make it more into a paragraph. But I wanted to listen to, this, to these words. So Paul is speaking to the church in Rome, and he says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and practicing hospitality. I've been spending time in this word and, and reflecting on how it challenges the materialism of our culture. Especially the materialism of our culture that takes stuff and elevate it, elevates it to the status of an idol. That message that we constantly hear that your life is about the stuff that you have. That the stuff you have is the center of your being. That your soul, your contentment, your happiness, it all depends on how big your house is or how new your car is or that you finally get that new boat. We constantly hear that. I think the thing that, the first thing that makes me upset about this, or the first thing that gets under my skin about this, is it seems to prey on the most insecure. I have people in my, that I know, people that I care about, who their life is wrapped up in looking like a success, looking like a success. And they're always broke because they're constantly trying to do these get-rich-quick schemes. The only people who make money on those are the people they bought the scheme from. Or trying to buy more stuff, but buying it on loans or borrowing money for it to have the newest thing or the, the thing that sort of gives them status. And they're always broke. We've been duped in this generation, in this particular time, we've been duped into thinking that our lives revolve around our stuff. We're, we hear it all the time. I know of people who, that's their whole thing. I, I know of people who are in their retirement age and they still live paycheck to paycheck because they had to have a big house. Because they're trying to look successful in a world that measures success by the stuff you have. How did we get here? How do we get to this place where success was measured by the size of your place rather than the character you than the character of your person? How do we get to this place where your success is measured by the number and the newness of your cars rather than the character of your heart? 
I think about this. This is, a, this is the culture that we live in. These are the messages that we get from our culture and how as we as followers of Jesus are called to live differently. Not just for the sake of difference because this is what the gospel is. This is what Paul is saying to the church. This is the way that we're called to live because it's good. So like I said, I've been listening to Paul. And if you look, the first thing, if you look at verse 9, it says, Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor And in Greek it says, really hate. Really hate what is evil. And cling to what is good. And I think the first thing we need to do is name what is evil. Especially about materialism. To name it. To say that when we start putting our stuff as the the center of our lives, that that's not just, you know, maybe not good, that's evil. That's destructive in our lives. Or when we start putting stuff, that's where our hope is in. Our hope is wrapped up in the stuff that we can get someday. That's not just evil, that's idolatry. That place is reserved for Jesus. The one we put our hope in. The one that our life is wrapped around is meant to be Jesus, not our stuff. The thing is, this isn't new. Materialism, especially the way we experience it right now, is maybe somewhat unique or different. But the idea of stuff being the center of our lives is not new. Jesus talked about this. On the Sermon on the Mount, he spoke to people and he said, Do not not store up yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal it. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, For neither moth nor vermin can destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. He says, for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this idea is not new. I think one thing that makes it especially problematic, especially troubling in our time, is how the culture around us has turned it into, they've they've made it into a science. Businesses have turned it into a science. To constantly make you think, you know what, you need this to be happy. You need this one more thing to be happy. What you have isn't good enough. Sure it was a few days ago, but it's not anymore. You need something new. Or the fact that our culture around us tells us you're not really successful if you just raise some really good kids. You're not successful if you can shake a person's hand and that's your bond. That's not success in our culture. You're not successful if you give away everything and go off to a mission field. That's not successful. You know what's successful in our culture? The size of your bank account. The places you can travel to. The size of your house, the size of your boat, the newness of your car. That's success in our culture. And I hear the gospel challenging that. But like I said, it's not new. Jesus had to deal with this too. Paul had to encourage the church in this. You know, as we're talking about Father's Day, and today is is Father's Day, one of the things I was thinking of, I'm thinking of a friend that I I have, and it was years ago. I I hope he's changed. But I remember talking with him, and he was working like crazy. He was gone all the time, trying to get better jobs, 
not just trying to provide for his family, but trying to get a better job so he made more money so he could buy a bigger house, so he could buy a bigger boat. Because he grew up without a lot. And he said, I got into tons of trouble because we didn't have a lot. So I got into trouble with hanging out with the wrong crowd. And I start thinking, you know, I, th- I think to my friend, I think, you know, I don't think your, your, your kids, I don't think it's the stuff they want. I think it's you. Because I know kids who have plenty of stuff and they're still rotten kids. <laughs> it's not the stuff we have. It's meant to be Jesus in our lives. Imagine, I think about my friend and how different, how different his kids would be if he started teaching them and mentoring them in faith. Showing them what it's like to follow Jesus. Encouraging them in that. But I've been listening, like I said, to Romans. And if you read with me right here, the part that I really want to zero in on begins at chapter 12. It says, Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, and practicing hospitality. I want to focus in right on that part where it says contributing to the needs of the saints. Paul says, if there are Christians, if there are saints, that means our brothers and sisters. You are saints as followers of Jesus. You are the saints. But if there are saints among us who have need, then let us share. I know the NASB says contribute to their needs, but in Greek, the word is more share. Let us share with one another. There are people who have need. Let us share. And I was thinking about the ways that we share things together. And an example, so like yesterday, um, well, so I started putting in flooring in our basement. And I have a, a, a table saw that uh, Chris Tricker gave to me. And actually, Rudy, if you help remember moving that, it was in the back of Rudy's trailer. And they went around a corner and we didn't tie it in. And the thing fell off on the, on the pavement. But still, he gave it to me. I and mean, I've used it a bit but I'm not using it to put in my flooring because it can't cut a straight line. <laughs> so so I, asked, I asked Norm if I could borrow his table saw. And he lent me his table saw. I said, sure, go ahead. So it's sitting in our basement, which is you know, just how we share. Well, anyways, yesterday, we were, Tracy and I were taking the boys out on the lake and, we, and I needed to put gas in the boat. And I, I asked Norm, I went up to his house because he lives nearby. And I said, can I have a funnel? <laughs> because I can't get the gas. It's too, anyways. So... He didn't have a funnel, but he lent me um, a gas can, so it worked. But while I was there, I noticed he was riding Rick's tractor, doing work in his yard in the ways that we share. Now, Rick has lent me his tractor numerous times as well to work on our place, the ways that we share. But it's funny, you think about the boat that that we're taking the boys out on. Have that boat because Mike and Janet gave it to us. We were, they were sharing with us at first, and they just said, you know, Jason, we've got another boat and another one that we're working on, so why don't you guys just take this one? And so we share that. Now it's parked at, at their place. <laughs> and I say, Mike and Janet, please use it whenever you want to. I know, isn't that great? Here's a boat, and you can park it at our place, too. The ways that we share. Not only that, but Mike, he said, you can have the boat, but I want to keep the kicker. The, the, the smaller motor for trolling says, but is it okay if um, I store it on your boat? <laughs> the ways that we share. See, these things are different than the culture around us. 
the culture around us thinks, you know what, I don't want to share. Because somebody, I have someone in, uh, in my extended family who's like this. I don't loan my stuff out because people use it. And if something invariably goes wrong, then it's just a mess, so I don't loan my stuff out. And I don't borrow from other people. I'm going to buy my own. How different we're called to be as followers of Jesus that we share. That we share our things. Help each other out. And when we need to, give things. When we see a brother or sister in need, that we, we give to them. It's this prophetic act of keep telling or in a way keep professing that this stuff is not my God. This stuff is not my God. These practices that we do. Because I know it's one thing to hear me preach about it. Think, yeah, I should try harder at that. But I encourage us to think about things that we can do, ways that we can practice this. Keep practicing it on purpose. So when those big events do come, we're ready. That we don't blow it. Trust me, I've blown it. Friends who've asked me for things, and I thought, oh, really? And they can just tell. And they say, never mind, I'll ask somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I've blown it. I hear Paul saying, when we have brothers and sisters in need, and I think, you know, if you were to press Paul, he'd probably say, if you see people in our community who have things that they need, that we share with them. You know, it doesn't really make anybody, it doesn't raise anybody's eyebrow. It doesn't raise any questions when we act just like the people around us. But when we share and we have things to lend, when we give to people, that's not so common in the world around us. That raises questions. That proclaims the gospel around us. So this morning I hear the word of God challenging the materialism of our culture. Materialism that people just accept. In fact, in some ways, they even embrace it. I hear the word of God saying, turn away from that idol. That your stuff doesn't measure how successful you are. That stuff doesn't measure how well life has gone for you. But it's your character. It's your faithfulness. I've been thinking about this. I was last night when I was working on this, how uh, this... These three things here, I, I call them, or last night I think, I call these the unholy trinity. Consumerism and individualism, materialism. I've been talking about some of the cure for these three things. And I was thinking about sacrifice as a cure for consumerism. Community as a cure for individualism. Generosity as a cure for materialism. Look at these three. Those three are good. Those things are powerful. Those are the sort of things that transform not only our lives, but the lives of people around us. I pray this morning that we hear that, that the gospel challenges the culture we live in. Some of the things that the culture around us just takes for granted. Not only takes for granted, but embraces and says, you all need to live this way. But the gospel says, no, you don't. As followers of Jesus, we're called to something greater. Something more generous. Something more in community. Something more sacrificial. I'm curious to hear from you.
you're hearing this word this morning, what do you hear the Spirit saying? What do you think of this?